Recorded live. Father, we thank you this evening for who you are, Lord. There is no God like you, not in heaven, not in earth. You are the only true wise and holy God, and we praise your name, Lord. We bless you, Father, for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We are grateful to you, Lord, for being a God to us. Thank you, Father God, for your many, many blessings. We appreciate your goodness and your kindness, God. Thank you for the gift of salvation, Father. Thank you, God, for the gift of life, health, and strength. We praise you, Jesus. We glorify you. God, we confess in the atmosphere that there is no God like you, not in heaven, not in earth, not beneath the earth. You are the only true, wise, and holy God. And for this, we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you, Lord. Father, as we prepare to study your word tonight, We ask, God, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Renew within us, God, the right spirit. Oh, Father God, illuminate our hearts, our minds, our thoughts. Fill us with spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, Father. We thank you, Father, for we know, God, that you are here, God. You said, for we must learn how to rightly divide the word of truth, God, and it's only through your spirit, by your word, by your anointing, by your grace, by your indwelling, Father, are we able to do these things. We thank you now, Lord. We appreciate you. And we give you all the praise. We give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to say good evening and welcome to our study tonight. For this is the day the Lord has made. In it, we shall rejoice and be glad. Uh, I want to say to those of us who had an awesome Resurrection Sunday on yesterday, that always keep in mind and remember that Resurrection Sunday should be every day or every Sunday of our lives. But again, pray that you had an awesome day on yesterday and that God was in everything that you um, was committed to do. Um, we want to um, make some quick announcement before we go into our study tonight. <clears throat> For those who are in the Georgia area, um, just want to um, <clears throat> let you know that um, we are having a pre-Mother's Day a pre-Mother's Day concert program, um, and that would be at the Robinson Grove Missionary Baptist Church, Highway 56 in Midville, Georgia. Again, that is a pre-Mother's Day um, gospel program, and it will be featuring um, our um, presiding bishop from Rochester, New York, and praise and worship singers along with the Gospel Tones of Midville, Georgia, and the Resurrection Gospel Singers of Millen, Georgia. And that is Saturday, May 7th, 
Saturday, May 7th at 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. So I want to invite you to come out to that. It's in aid of our church building funds. We are trying to raise funds to complete our assignment um, for our pews and for our sanctuary. So that will be a blessing to have you there with us. That is May 7th at 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And it's at the Robinson Grove Missionary Baptist Church, Highway 56, Midville, Georgia. Okay. Also, um, we're still soliciting uh, help and donation for our completion of our sanctuary. And we ask if you are able to, to please... um, Send us a donation, financial donation. Um, you can mail any donation to 400 Murphy Street, Midville, Georgia. That's 400 Murphy Street, Midville, Georgia. And um, our zip code is 34470. Um, if you're going to send us a check, you can make it payable to Zenith Apostolic Ministry. That is Z-E-N. I-T-H, Zenith Apostolic Ministry, and we would appreciate that. Also, keep in mind that this service here, the Bible study, is an external program of FASAM. That is Faith Chapel, Zenith Apostolic Ministry. We are one church in two locations presently. Our headquarters are presently located, 1119 Joseph Avenue, Rochester, New York, and our presiding bishop, Samuel White, um, is senior pastor there. The phone number of the church is 585-270-4861. You may want to call them um, for the final of the church service time. Our other location is here in Midville, Georgia. Presently, we are located at 304 Murphy Street, Midville, Georgia, 30441, and you may contact us at 478-206-2091. Okay, so much for um, announcements. Um, I think it's time for us to get into the Word. And um, I'll tell you, last week we had an awesome time in in the Word, an awesome time, and I want to welcome all of those um, from New York, that is on, in our study tonight, and from Florida, God bless you, God bless you, and um, um, Georgia, those that will be joining us, um, just want to welcome you and pray that at the end of this night, you would be blessed. Okay, let us continue our study. We are in the book of Ruth, and we're talking about possessing our possession. Um, we are still in the second chapter, but we're going to um, kind of fast forward and pick up from the 17th verse, um, from the 17th verse. Um, and, and we hopefully we can get through this chapter tonight. Um, like always, if there are any questions, feel free to ask questions. Any comments, please feel free to make comments. Ensure that your questions and your comments are complementing what we're talking about tonight so that we can get better clarity and understanding on what we are studying. 
Okay, here in Chapter 2, um, <clears throat> we, we left off talking about um, Ruth at the feet of Boaz, at the feet of Boaz, and how he, how she was told by her mother-in-law to actually um, how to uncover his feet and to sit at his feet. Um, we can actually look at the result of that in verse 15 and 16. And if you are following with your Bible, I'll give you a minute or two to find that. Um, um, Ruth 2, verse 15 and 16, we will kind of revisit that, and then we'll go to verse 17 and onward. Okay, it says, when she, when she rose to glean, Boaz commanded his servant, saying, let her glean even among the shafts, and do not insult her. And also, you shall prosperly pull out, I'm sorry, purposely pull out um, for some grain, and I'm reading from a different translation, uh, may need to go to the King James, just excuse me, let me go to the King James. Um, most of us use the King James, and I think that would be more helpful. Okay. Um, verse um, 15, 16. And when she was raising up to glean, Boaz commanded his young man, saying, Let her glean, even among the shafts, and, uh, and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. And so now we pick up there we saw the command where provision was being made for Ruth, and we're going to go over this fast because we did it last week, provision was being made for Ruth, and so it was commanded that no one should rebuke her, no one should touch her, no one should insult her, but allowed her to um, glean in the field. And so the provision was made for her, and so when she went home to her mother-in-law, when she went home to her mother-in-law and she told her how she was so amazed about what was happening um, um, to her in the field, how Boaz opened up the opportunity for opening the doors for the claim, then that's when Ruth gave her um, the instruction of what to do and um, how that he was a redeemer or a close relatives to be able to redeem her. Uh, <clears throat> and so we'll pick up from that. I'm sorry, we'll pick up from that. Verse 17 and 19. So she gleaned in the field until evening. So that means she was working for morning. That is to say, we don't work for God when it's convenient for us. Um, she worked from morning until evening. So she worked in, in the field until evening. Um, then she beat out or she trashed out what she had gleaned, and it was about a heifer. Now, I have studied and I try to do a research on what a heifer or an apple means, and I can be using the wrong tongue on this. Some of you that have a better interpretation or better um, um, pronunciation of the word, you can pronounce it if it's a different way you pronounce it. But um, the meaning of it is actually um, 22 um, liters. It's like 22 liters that um, she actually 
um, gather on that evening or that day. And this amount that she took to her mother-in-law, and as a result, the mother-in-law thought that it was kind of good and it was a blessing. So she now said to her that um, in, in so much word to speak, and we'll find this in, in the 19th and 21st, that this is the field that you should be in. Okay, I'm paraphrasing. This is the field that you should be in. How do we understand where we are to be? How do we understand where we are to be when we don't have um, um, any instructions or um, the instructions that we're receiving is not clear um, where to go and what to do? How do we understand what assignment we must um, attach ourselves to if um, what we are receiving is clouded and are not clear? How do we understand? How do we know where to go? How do we know how to build our relationship if what we're receiving is not of biblical principle? So um, when we look at Ruth here, um, she had good instructions. One instruction, first of all, she had um, um, protection. After the protection, um, she was willing to work in the field. So we can understand, number one, that um, our assignment and our and according to our instructions is clear. We will understand and we will know how then to accomplish our assignment. Ruth then was able to accomplish her assignment because she had clear instructions. Amen. Amen. And I think that's where we should build our picture from there. You can only accomplish your assignment if you have clear instructions. If there is no clear instructions, then you may not understand how to accomplish it, what to do, where to go, and um, who to be assigned to. It happens in the church. It happens in the church. And thanks be to God for good leaders who are able to um, to bear the burden of us to give us good instructions, to give um, the sheep good instructions. Thank God for that. But those who are actually are um, battling along the way or who are actually self-centered, who are all about themselves, um, the instructions that they give most of the time is all about their man-made laws and about their instructions. This chapter here teaches us how to receive instructions and to carry out the instructions. Amen. We have to learn how to receive instructions, good instructions, and then carry it out. We should never have a novice in a position in ministry that does not know anything about ministry given instructions. Amen. We should not. You ought to know something about the ministry. You ought to know something about the work of God. You ought to know something about um, what you're teaching. And in so doing, individuals are able to be edified. One reason why there are so many um, confusion in churches and so many frustration in the church because there's no edification in our instruction. What we are given is not edifying the body of Christ. We have to learn how to edify the body of Christ, good instruction. Naomi knew exactly how to instruct her daughter-in-law, okay? We ought to have the same examples, have 
good advice. Matter of fact, Psalm 1 said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law that he meditate day and night. When we, when this is happening in our lives, then we we can um, improve, we can move on, we can advance. Um, we wouldn't be confused in church. And you're tired sometimes, feel like you just go into church and there is no improvement, there is no advancement. And it seems like um, the days come by so fast and you're right back again, and it's just like a recircle, recircle. It happens to the best of us, to all of us. Why? Because sometimes instructions that we receive, we either receive it on a deaf ear with a deaf ear, or we don't receive it at all. So we have to receive good instructions. Okay. Um, um, Are there any questions? Are there any questions or any comments? Don't don't allow me to keep on going because I'll keep on going and then you may say, wait a minute, I have a question. And um, you kept on talking, but if you have a question or comment, please um, make it known. Okay. All right. Um, so at, let's look, at the end of the day, um, when when you after Ruth got through working that particular day, um, she had an abundance. You you cannot gain anything in life. Hear what I'm saying? You cannot gain anything in life if you don't work for it. You got to work for it. Okay. You you're not going to advance in God and in your ministry by just sitting in the pews. You must at the end of the day you must. Show forth why you was there. Why did you wake up in the morning and get dressed and go to church? At the end of the day, what what do you have to show? Why do you get dressed, Charlotte, get dressed on Tuesday night and Thursday night and whatever night of your Bible study night or midweek worship night and go to to the place of work to the place of worship to the temple of God? At the end of the night, there should be something you have. Uh, you are able to show, or you should be able to say, I have moved from one stage to another stage. I have received this, and now it's like an overdrive for me. That's what happened with Ruth, okay? Okay. Uh, um, she, the, the Bible says that um, she had um, 22 liters, liters, okay, 22 liters that she gathered, that she put together, okay? There must be evidence of some proof that you are assigned into what you're doing. You can't just be working and wasting time. You can't just be um, marking time and doing nothing and receiving no rewards, no benefit in your spiritual life. There must be something visible. And it's not only you to see it. It's The world should be able to see it, just like Naomi was able to see what Ruth brought home. You have to be able to produce something. Okay, but do something. She had enough. Okay, she had enough to feed both of herself and Naomi for ten days. When you look into the original writing, ten days, um, she had enough food. Um, here is a, a a pagan girl going into a field, working, and worked so long from morning until evening, and at the end of the evening, now she had sufficient to take home that would last her and her mother-in-law for 10 days, okay? I mean, no wonder Naomi was surprised um, to know what she, you know, the, the praise report, 
because when when Ruth told Naomi what happened, she was, you know, somewhat surprised because um, knowing that you have never been in a field before, knowing that you don't know the system of working, and you can come home with all of this, you 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 could come bring all of this home. That tells Naomi that she must have been willing and committed to do what she had to do. So listen to me, my brothers and sisters. Um, um, This is a good example for us in committing ourselves to God, being devoted to God. Whatever Whatever our hands find to do, do it with all our might. Do it with all your strength. Do it with good intention, knowing that God, that God will get the, the, the glory out of it, giving him the glory. Don't try to take the glory for yourself. Don't try to show other people up, but, but give the glory to God. Give the glory to Naomi. Um, Ruth worked hard, even though she wanted something also, but she worked hard because now um, Naomi are able to get something. She is able to receive. What are you working in ministry for? Is it for yourself? Is it to please you? Is it to make you look good? Or is it to advance the kingdom of God? Is it to 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 build the church? Is it to bring in is it a harvest is great, the labors are few? Pray to the Lord of the harvest that labors are into the vineyard. Why are you in the vineyard? Just for status sake, just for quota sake, just for name brand, just to say you're a household name? Does it make a difference whether you have a name or, or, or whether you're doing the work of God? I, I, I want to share this with you. I was told about um, um, three preachers that actually, and I wouldn't call their name because you would know them, but they went into Norfolk, Virginia to, um, have, um, to, to, a, to a service, to a big seminar, and one it was three of them. No four of them. The first three all had um, bodyguards and security guards and um, 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 armor bearers and and on and on and on, great entourage. And um, they got off the plane with their great entourage, and and people saw that they were this and that. And then one preacher, one who was supposed to be the closer to closer seminar, he got off the, the plane with just his luggage and his Bible. And they asked him, where is where's his group? <clears throat> um, who was with him? And he said, if um, um, who I have, if I need more than who I have, then we don't need to be in because he have God inside of him. He have the Holy Ghost inside of him. That was more important than having a whole entourage. What Amen. are you working with? Is it, is, is, is it, are you working to be sane? Are you working to be lifted up? Are you working at the end of the day that you will be able to feed someone? You're able, someone has been edified, someone has been blessed, someone is receiving deliverance in their life. So, so many of us are in the field. And this field doesn't have to be what Boaz we're talking about. This field is, is, the, is, the, is our ministry. This field is the, is the life that we're living for God. We're out in this field and we are trying to, to, we, we are replacing biblical principle with worldly ideas and with um, fleshy um, um, emotions. And we, we think that because we have a, a good 
song, or we can moan, we can groan, or we can, or we have a good ethics of, 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 I'm sorry, good speech, and we gotta, you know, all of this good stuff that we are. That's it. Everyone has to look up to us. But my brothers and sisters, let me say this to you. It's all about Jesus. It's not about you and I. It's about Jesus. Amen? It's about Jesus. Let's go down and, and read some more praise so we can pick up. Um, now, um, again, um, Boaz supposed to be now this redeemer for Ruth. And we're going to learn what it really means to be a redeemer, the qualification to be a redeemer, um, or the kingsman, how it, you know, what it really means to be a redeemer. Not all of us can help people in ministry. Not all of us has the qualification or the skills or the, or the spiritual attitude to help people. There are some people in ministries that has abundance. Boaz has had abundance. And there was another bachelor, another man who was before him, Kingsman, that was also qualified, um, um, had sufficient to do it, but he didn't want to do it, okay? And we'll talk about that in Chapter 3 or so. But not because of what you have, the abundance means that you were called because you're, well, a good speaker, a good dresser, a good tither. You you um, you are in with the the pastor, you're in with this person, that person means that you are the person to be in place. Oh, uh, you know, but can you really help people? Do you qualify to help people? Do you, are, are you able to bring people out of situation? Ministries and churches, not just about amen, hallelujah. It's about building the body of Christ, building people's lives. It's about changing their situation. Okay, why am I in church if I am going to remain the same? Why I am among if I'm going to be the same? It I must change. There's some things have to be changed. There are people that are out there that can't go to the field that are staying home that you have to go to the field and provide for and come back and edify them and build these people. They are depending upon you. Yes, we depend upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, but we don't know God if we don't know who in front of us. My wife and I, we shared on last night about um, um, the only way we can know God, the closest person we can see or uh, God is in our mate, okay? Um, we, I have to see God in her. She has to see God in me. That's, that's, that's the whole idea about relationship in church. I have to see God inside of my brothers inside of my sisters, in my pastor, in my, I have to see God in the deacons, God in the missionaries. I have to see, I have to see, I have to see something that won't make me want to, to lean towards it and, and reach towards it. But if I'm not seeing these things, what mark do I have to mark with? What, what measure stick do I have to measure with? How do I identify uh, um, the true church if I, I'm not seeing the true church. If all I am saying, everything looks alike and appears to be the same, how then uh, would I know the real church? How then would I know the real man or woman of God who's walking unless I have good instructions and, and teaching about integrity and ethics and, and, and walking in, in good quality righteousness in, in my life? If I don't have these things, 
that I wouldn't know how to measure. I wouldn't know how to how to be what I supposed to be. I must have an example. So to be a redeemer, to redeem someone like Boaz had to do it, you have to be qualified. There is a qualification to be um, a man of God, a woman of God. There are qualifications to be leaders. There are qualifications to stand in church and be a praise and worship leader and to be an usher and to be um, whatever position, whatever you use. And there are qualifications. And you must go through these qualifications. You must embed these qualifications inside of your spirit. I want us to jump down to um, verse 20, okay? And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed of the Lord who has not withdrawn his kindness to the living and to the dead. Again, Naomi said to her, The man is our relative. He is one of our closest relatives for King's name. And I'm sorry I'm not reading from the King James Version um, some part of it. So um, you can still follow me, please. Uh, again, the word relative here is uh, is from the Hebrew word, which is geo, and geo means kingsman. Geo means kingsman, and it means redeemer, okay? Um, so, again, the word relative or, or the word um, kingsman um, has the same in the Hebrew, which is geo, G-E-O-L, geo. And that means to be a redeemer, okay? Um, the responsibility now of the, of the Kingsman Redeemer had been clearly defined in the, in the God's law. I think it's in Deuteronomy 25 and um, 10. It's been, it's, been, um, it's been clarified here that if one were to die and um, had no um, children with his wife, then if there is a another closer relative, he must then take on the responsibility and marry to this person to raise the children in the deceased name, in the deceased name, okay? So that, that, that's been laid out in the law, okay? Um, uh, 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 and so, so here we see that, the, that, 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 that Jesus, even in the New Testament, that Jesus um, was the one who was to redeem us back. And I really didn't want to jump ahead of that. But he is the one to redeem us back. But he had to be qualified to redeem us um, back, okay? Just like Boaz had to be qualified to redeem Ruth, okay? The same as Jesus had to be qualified to redeem us. No one else could redeem us, okay? Um, yes, were there another kingsman close to us? Of course. There was not a kingsman close to us. That was the first Adam, okay? But he he failed, so he couldn't do it. So he um uh, so he couldn't redeem us. So now the last Adam, which was Jesus Christ, had to redeem us. God knows I didn't want to jump ahead there that fast because you're gonna miss out a whole lot. What I have to say, um, but again, um, um, the qualification here for for the re, to redeem one is that, number one, you have to be right. a close relative. All right. Is there a question? All right. Okay. Uh, I thought so, someone asked him a question. 
No, I'm sorry. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, the qualification, the first qualification to be a redeemer is that you had to be a close relative. Okay. Secondly, you had to be willing to redeem. Secondly, you had to be willing to redeem. And then thirdly, you had to be um, able to redeem by purchasing. You had to have sufficient wealth to purchase, to redeem that person back. And so we know Jesus covers all of this. He was able to do all of it, okay? Okay. So, again, um, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed. So now Naomi is saying um, uh, in, in so much word that he is the one to marry to you and he will be blessed. Let's, let's, let's follow it. He is the one to be married to you and he's going to be blessed. He is the one to marry to you. He is the one to lead you. He's the one to guide you. He is the one who will fulfill your ministry and you will be blessed. And, and so will he. Okay? Um, so you cannot be led Okay, into relationship with God if that person doesn't know God. Mm. I, I really need to say that again. If a person does not know God, that's a qualification now. If a person does not know God, he or she cannot be into Christ. You will not be led into Christ by someone who just read it in the book um, because you need you cannot tell me about um, relationship with someone if you don't know a person. That's the bottom line, okay? So um, I'm sure there must be a question. Somebody give me um, a question here or something here. And I, I know I heard um, uh, my evangelist on the line. I know you're there. I am. <laughs> well, well um, um, okay, I'm not going to impose it. Maybe you'll come in later. <laughs> I will. I'm taking everything in. Okay, okay. Okay. So, again, um, let me, I, I really try to um, get to a, a, a portion here about um, in 21 and 23, but I'm trying to jump speed this. Okay. So now that Naomi told her what's happening, okay, um, and we see that um, the qualification of the Redeemer was to be, again, a relative. Okay, had to be relative, and so, of course, willing to do it and capable of doing it, okay? And we know Boaz had all of these things to do, okay? Um, so, again, the responsibility of the kinsman who Damon has um, been spelled out in the Scripture to us, and we understand it, and we know that we don't need to go over that, okay? Um, we know he had to um, marry the widow and raise up her children um, and so give names to the dead deceased so that they wouldn't be nameless, okay? Um, The Redeemer had to be a blood relative. Um, It had to be a blood relative. Um, It's amazing, and you should understand the reason now why um, the blood of Jesus actually had to go into the earth, okay? Had to go into the earth. The Bible says that we were we came out of God even before we were always in God. And if we came out of God um, uh, from the foundation of the world, we were in him, but he yet stooped down out of the dust, out of the ground, and made man, 
okay? So that means the dust that um, that made us became a part of God because what was in God he put into dust, and now it became um, relatives to God. But it was not relative to God until his blood drained into the earth to redeem the curse of the earth, the curse of the earth. And so, and so we became blood relatives to Christ because of the shedding of his blood. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because of the shedding of his blood, we became blood relatives, okay? And so a redeemer had to be a blood relative. God could, Jesus could not redeem us. God could not redeem us um, if he wasn't willing to spill his blood, if he wasn't willing to shed his blood. He had to shed his blood. The blood of Jesus was, was the whole idea to redeem us back. The blood of the animals in, back in, in the time of days of old, the Bible, and I don't say in the days of the Bible because this is still Bible days, in days of old, um, that, is, that um, those blood used to, used to bring forgiveness and purchase um, the right of a man or a family back into society and bring forgiveness. So the blood of Jesus had to be shed, and it was shed so that it could um, connect back to the earth from which we came. We came from the earth, and so um, our our genes start from the earth. It's within the earth, and um, the the first blood that was shed in the natural was 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 the blood of Abel when Cain killed it, and so it cursed the earth in which we came from. And so our Redeemer had to come and shed his blood, his blood to, to redeem us back from the curse. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. That is preachable. Y'all need to develop that one. My God, <laughs> y'all need to develop one. Yeah, develop that. That is preachable. Amen. So, again, so you had to be a blood relative, okay? Um, when we look in the verse, we see, uh, you can see um, we see the need for Jesus to be born, to be born on earth, um, to be made in the likeness of man, so that His blood would to, to be spilled out. Because um, um, an angel didn't have don't have blood to share and to 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 redeem us. Angels can do it, so uh, um, He had to be born in the likeness of man so that he could be that qualified redeemer to redeem us back, okay? Um, um, if you read Philippians 2 and 7, you could jot that down, Philippians 2 and 7, and see what I'm talking about, okay? Um, um, he, um, he had to be in the likeness of man so that he could be qualified as our redeemer. Um, and, and so through the incarnation of um, God became our blood relative, and through his death on the cross, the price was paid for the redemption of you and I, of this entire world, okay? Um, so um, please keep in mind that um, if Jesus had not, um, if he had not become flesh and blood, um, we would have never been redeemed because um, angels couldn't do it, okay? Um, he is our redeemer, okay? He is our redeemer. Firstly, um, um, let me say also that because he is our redeemer, um, um, we cannot lose if we are in God. And I, I want to say this to you. I'm not talking about eternal 
security, okay? Um, there is something called eternal security, and, and there's a good teaching, and then there's a bad teaching about it. As long as you are in Jesus and you are truly in God, okay, um, then the devil can't do nothing to you. Clock you up. But if you are playing and you are, um, uh, you know, you're not serious and you've really not been born again, but you have it on your lips, okay, um, it's very likely that you could walk away from the fellowship of God, okay? But if you are in God, if you are really in God and you understand that he, that you're not living this salvation on your own merit or your own account, but it's because of his blood shed it for you. It's because of him dying on Calvary. It's because of resurrection. It's because of the, um, the sending of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's because of these things and we are abiding in him. Let me say this to you. Ain't no devil in hell. Ain't no devil in hell could take you from God. Good Ain't Lord. no devil in hell can do it. You you have to walk away from God. You Amen. have to destroy that relationship. You have to say, listen, um, I had enough of this. Oh, I don't believe in him anymore, in God anymore. You the one have to destroy it and not God. Uh, Amen, somebody. The devil can't the devil can't do nothing to you unless you allow him to do it. Matter of fact, everything that happens to us that uh, we say Satan is doing, God actually, he knows it's going to happen before it takes place, okay? Uh, and and, and he, he, he's the one, he's the one actually who gives Satan license to mess with us. Uh, he, yes, yes. He gives him license to mess with us because he, he knows that we're going to endure. He, he knows that we, we're going to stay. He knows um, when he had tried us and we come for, we'll come as pure gold. You remember, what Job, you remember what Job said? Job said, I looked to my left, I looked to my right, behind and forward, and I couldn't see him. But um, he is doing, I perceive that he is doing a work on me. And when he has done with me, when he is finished with me, uh, he's doing yeah. a work on us, guys. He's doing a work on us. You may move all in labor all day in the field, but God is doing a work on you. You may have ups and downs, pain, misery, disappointment, um, 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 hard times. God is going to work on you. God is God is allowing your character to be built. He's allowing your life to be shaped. He's allowing your 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 relationship to be molded. And he God if God God if God can depend on you to take a little licking, how are you going to send you into the field, huh? God, how you going to he he, he has to depend on you. He, he, he did, and, and this is what is happening here. I hate to go all the way back, but Naomi then went all the way in the land of Moab, and they came back to where, into the to um, to Bethlehem of Judah. God could depend on them. God could could trust them. They took a licking. They took and they kept on picking for God, moving for God. My question to you, my brothers and sisters, um, are you willing to take it for the Lord? Are you willing to endure? Are you willing to endure the, the, the heat of the day? She was working all day in the field from morning until night in hot sun, working, working, okay? She didn't complain. She didn't give up on it, but she worked, she worked. She worked. Are you willing to go through the heat of the day? Or, or do you just want to work when it's convenient? You want to work when it's easy. You want to work when everything seems to be okay. Let me say, sometimes, sometimes we have to work in the midst, in the midst of pain and 
anguish and feeling sad and sorrow. Um, you know, have you been in relationships, and I'm going to share this with you, have you been in relationship where you feel that uh, you're only in a relationship because, um, I guess, of guilt? Um, uh-huh. and, um, and, and seriously, of guilt, but yet still you're in that relationship and you feel you feel nasty, you feel dirty, but you feel like it is a duty to be in it. Let uh-huh. me say this. I share this with you, my brothers and sisters. Um, God wanted to be free in his spirit, free in, 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 in our lives. For, the, for where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, okay? God didn't, God don't want us to be in bondage and stuff like that, in ministries and in our lives and stuff like that. But if we learn how to follow true instructions with God, hear me, brothers and sisters, our lives, of course, would have some conflict. But in the midst of the conflict, we can, let, let me, I'm sorry for shifting this. Look at Jesus in, in the ship. Look at Jesus in the ship. And and now he is in the he is in the bottom of the ship asleep, and um, a storm is going on, and and what the disciples are doing, they're worried, but what Jesus is doing is sleeping. What do you think the best thing the disciples should have done? Go sleep with Jesus. Go to sleep. <laughs> Go to sleep. Relax. Uh, if, if, you know, if if he is sleeping and he's all right, then you know we're gonna go to sleep too. He is. So whether he was awake or whether he was asleep, he had control over every situation. That's what I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He has control over it. Don't let the sun beat you down and think and give up. He has control over it. He knows where you are. He understands what you're doing. Don't halfway do it. Do it from the from the bottom of your heart. Do it with sincerity. Do it with love. Do it with patience. Have patience in what you do. And ask God, ask God, ask you do it to give you directions and to keep you and to mold you. Amen. Somebody must have a question. question I did want to comment. Comment. Um, when you were talking about um, Job and um, God allowing the devil to go to, well, he chose Job for the devil to go to. God would never put anything on us more than than we can bear. And what a great God that we serve. He knows when we're ready. He knows when to send the devil our way because he has confidence in us to make the right decision. We don't have enough confidence in God. That's when he sends when he sends the devil our way, how to react, how to respond. And we learn even through Jehoshaphat, when you're going through your toughest, toughest time, we are to still pray hallelujah, to praise the Lord, to give glory yeah. to the Lord despite the storm that we're in. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the storm that this family has been in the last, month or so, we can't help but praise the Lord. My, my, my. Give him thanks because he has brought us thus far. He has allowed my mom to stay alive 93 years. Hallelujah. Yes. And I give glory to him. Yes, Lord. So I just thank him. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God is a good God. 
right. and he is greatly to be praised. You know, who wouldn't want to serve a God like our God? Amen. Uh, Amen. He, he, he is that. I'm telling you, who wouldn't want to serve a God like our God? Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you for that comment, Evangelist. God bless you. Um, let us let us continue and go to I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the last two verses in this um, in this chapter um, or three verses verses 21, 22, and twenty three. Okay, we uh, I want you to look at moving beyond. It's like moving in a different um, at a different idea. God didn't call us to stay in one position the rest of our life. Okay, we gotta move on. We gotta move on. Okay, Ruth. Um, verse 21. Someone read for me, please. Help me out. Verse 21. And Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me, unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. And they only Read all the way to the 23rd. And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou, (coughs) excuse me, that thou, you have to forgive me because my, from these tears. (laughs) Give me a minute. Okay. Bible is so small. It's all right, all right. It's no rush in it. We take our time. Okay. And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that thou so out with his maidens that they meet the not many other fields. I don't even know if I'm reading this right. My eyes are so blue. Okay. Uh, does anyone else want to help and pick up there? Yeah, okay. Go ahead. So she kept, like me read it. kept yes. fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean until the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest and dwelled with her mother-in-law. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, we had a little. We had a little struggle there, didn't we? But we yes. made it. <laughs> we made it through. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, the, in these three verses here, um, the last point in this chapter um, is even greater uh, is, uh, um, than the position that um, Boaz gave Ruth. Okay. Watch what I'm saying. First, he was gracious in pulling out of um, pulling out the bundles of grain to you know the the leftover the leaf for. He was gracious in doing that, but he went further than that and allowed her to glean for the whole season. Okay, right next to her to his workers, the entire season. So um, we're looking over a span of time here. First, he he left a handful, and then now he. Allow her to glean for the whole season, right next to its workers. Okay, uh, so, so you you uh, so you had the workers who were paid 
to glean for Boaz, okay? Okay, and then there was Ruth working right alongside of them, okay? And uh, and she didn't even have to pay anything. She didn't, you understand, um, she allowed to keep everything for herself. She didn't have to give it over to to the to those who were in charge of receiving um, the the labor of the day, the harvest of the day. She, she kept it for herself. Um, um, that's what God is like. God would put you in situations where you can where where you didn't even plant the field, but you can harvest. You can reap off the field. You can keep it, and God would bless you that way. God, that's how that's how God works. Sometimes you have to. You don't even have to sweat to get anything. God would just pour it and put it right in front of you. She, can you imagine these laborers working all season, all season, and have to turn in what they what they have and give to the to the to the shareholders so that they can pay them and all that stuff. But now one person is working in the field every day or for the whole season and keeping everything for herself. Huh? That's what God is like. That's what God is like. He is an awesome God. She kept all for herself. She didn't even she didn't plant um the field. She didn't put any seeds in there. Um she didn't know how they grow. She didn't know how they were tended to. But she simply got to reap the benefits for herself. God will allow you to reap if you stay in his field. Speak Holy Ghost. If you stay faithfully in his field, God will allow you to reap. He will give you um, abundance. He will set abundance of rains into your life, okay? This this is a good picture of our inheritance in Christ. Um, 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 we, 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 should have, we, we don't deserve what we get from God, okay? We don't deserve um, the things that he done for us. But yet still, we didn't have to do one thing, okay, but to repent of our sin. You, you understand what I'm saying? We didn't have to die. He died for us. We didn't yeah. have to go take a bunch of animals and stuff. He, died, he gave his life for us. This is the picture of that. God is such a great God. God is such an awesome God. And if you were to stay faithful with God and not try to rush into anything and wait your season, work out your season, work the whole season, work out your season, you would be able, one day, you would be able to reap your reward. But you have to wait it out. You have to wait. you have to be patient. You have to have the spirit of endurance, the spirit of willingness, the spirit of of, of of commitment, the spirit of standing. Okay. When you get tired, ask God for strength. When you get weary, drink the water of life. When you get sleepy, ask God to awake you to righteousness. Okay, and He will do it, and you will endure. You would you would be victorious, and you wouldn't be the victim. Amen, somebody. Amen. Amen. Did I did I hear the voice of Bishop out there? Yes, you did, son, and you're doing a fine job. And in addition to that, and I think that's where we are in these last days we live in, in these modern times when you got upcomers in the church now. They aren't willing to to wait on God for anything. We're living in a microwave age. They mm. don't want to go through nothing. They don't want nobody to talk about them. They don't want to endeavor to keep the unity and the bond of peace. They want everything to happen overnight. But if you notice, Boaz wanted to see more out of Ruth. Yes. 
any time when God has taken us through, God wants to see more out of us. And while he wants to see more out of us, he allows us to see what's in us to come out of us. My God. You see, and if there's no wind, you ain't going to blow up on you. Huh. If it don't rain, <laughs> you can't say it rained. Mm. If the sun wasn't hot, you can't say it was hot. But if you've been in the sun where it was hot, and I'm talking about those hot, fiery child that Paul talks about. When yes. you've been something, then you can tell somebody else something. But if you're ready to run every time the kitchen gets hot and you can't stay in the kitchen, you ain't ready yet. So sometimes God has to let you stay out there. Boy, let, let Ruth stay out there so he could see some more of her. Woo! What she was about, although he knew everything. God knows everything about us. But if something God let us go through, we got to learn something from it. Amen. In our churches, we're just there to please the pastor or to please somebody else. We ain't there to please God. But we need to take our eyes and put it where it needs to be, and that's on God. Because it is God that saved you. Now you've got a pastor there and a leader and to teach you and give you instruction. But you've got to be willing to work just like Ruth was willing to glean. Yes. Yeah, she was willing. And when you're willing, guess what? When you're willing, if God is pleased with you, your pastor going to be pleased. My, my, my. Amen. We got it all back. We want to please the pastor, not please God. <clears throat> I'm going to give you this quick, and I'm going to let you go. I remember I went to Florida to do a revival and closed it out, a similar gym uh, 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 meeting they were having down there. And before I came to the podium, before they presented me to the congregation, there was all of this accolades. The bishops and the pastors were sitting behind me, and they came up there, or the person that was doing it, they was about to present, introduce me to them. And with all this accolades, and I said to them when I came up to the podium, I said, first of all, let me make an apology. I said, I'm not this man or this great God or this great man. But I said, I'm a man of a great God. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. When you realize that you are a child of a great God, you can go through life and understand that God got your back. Yes. Amen. If you don't know that, you're trying to be somebody else and don't know who you are, you're going to always find yourself drifting, bouncing here and there. And that's what we have in the churches today. A lot of people come in, stay for a while, and they're gone. My God. Unwilling to glean. Want a big name. It ain't to work. All right, I'll let you go. You're doing such a wonderful job, son. Keep it up. <laughs> God bless you, Bishop. God bless you. And um, again, we thank God for all our, our response. And thank God. I just want to take a few more se- seconds here and say thank all of those who join us. Um, Florida um, is really in the house strong tonight. Thank God for Florida. Um, Central Georgia and New York. God bless you for being in house tonight. Um, we about um, fifteen or twenty minutes before our session is over. We actually can go for two hours, but I wouldn't do it. I usually do an hour and ten or hour and fifteen minutes um, and pick up from there the next night. Um, but that that with that statement that um, remarks that came from um, a, a bishop kind of seal. And end chapter two, bring us to the end of chapter two. And I would like for us to um, kind of do an introduction to chapter three. So on Wednesday night, 
by God's speed, we can pick up from there. Uh, um, and, of course, like I always say, their question always asked. So let's turn to Chapter 3. Remember now we, we're talking about possessing our possession, possessing our possessing our possession, and we start from Chapter 1, we complete that, Chapter 2, and now we're in Chapter 3. And I pray that you are making um, some notes so that you can restudy um, these chapters and let it be um, kind of intimate to your life and a part of your life. Okay, um, so when we look at chapters, um, chapter 3, the introduction, chapter 3 takes us into the next stage of our Christian life. So we, we were talking about the preparation of, the, of our lives, right? And, and that's the preparation part. Now we're going into the next stage of our Christian life, okay? Um, we have seen, okay, in chapter 1 and 2, we have seen the commitment of Ruth and in our determination to follow a true God. Um, we compare that to our lives, what determination we have and what commitment we have. Everything that I teach and say, I'm referring it, making kind of symbolic to our Christian lives, okay? Um, we have also seen um, um, Ruth grow in relationship to Boaz and um, also um, relying upon Boaz's grace. Okay, or his support. We we in chapter two. Okay, so but in this chapter, okay, it's it's about um, the three hours. And, and you know, when he was in school, we were talking. About, I'm not talking about reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the 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 three hours. You talk, and you want to write these down, please, so we can have something. I really truly want you to get chapter three you would see so much of us in this chapter. And then in chapter four, it's like, it's like paradise, okay? Chapter one and two is like, our, is like our repentance stage, our baptism stage. Chapter two and chapter three is like working in the church, the church stage. And chapter four is like going home, our rapture, okay? So you've got to understand, um, if you understand this chapter, um, then you really would understand Chapter four. Okay, so the 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 three hours that I'm talking about is refining. That's number one, refining. R e f i n i n g, and I'm only spelling it not that you can spell it, but because of my pronunciation of my dialect, my tongue. Refining. Okay. Okay. The other R is rest. R e s t. Mhm. And the other and the last one is rewards. R-E-W-A-R-D-S, rewards, okay? okay. So we, that, those are the, the three hours we're going to focus on in this entire chapter, okay? And I'm telling you, you're going to be in for a treat. God is going to bless your heart, okay? Okay, so as a Christian grows, um, their faith has got to be tried and refined. That's the first one we're talking about, refining. As you grow, your faith has to be tried and it has to be refined, okay? Um, uh, our faith is, um, is of no use to us or of no one else if it's not been tried. You don't have faith if it's not tried. You don't know what faith is unless it's been tried, okay? You, 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 um, you, faith is asking God to heal you and he still didn't heal you and you still believe you're healed, <laughs> Okay, um, okay, so 
um, faith has to be tried, okay? It has to be refined. It has to be developed, okay? Our faith is of, of little use to anyone until it's, it's been tried. I don't care who you deal with. Um, if you don't have refined faith, if you, if you have, don't have anything to prove, nothing on your resume to say that you have proven God for this or proven God for that, you, you do not have to nobody. Because you don't have faith, okay? Um, but also, um, in the trying of your faith, it's also developing character in you. It's not only for the other person, but it's also for your character. God develops your character through the trying of your faith. If your faith is truly tried, truly, truly tried and refined and refined, you will have good character, good character. Okay, um, so again, um, some of the things I want us to focus on and to learn in this chapter is the process the Lord used um, in bringing us closer to him. That is very important. The process that God used in bringing us close to him. You may want to put number one to that. Um, the process God used in bringing us close to him. Okay. Um, and what what we what do you think that really is the process? What do you think is a process? That's the testing of your faith. Okay, we just say okay. That's the testing of your faith. It's going to be tried. Okay, that's the testing of your faith. That's the process he used to bring you closer to him. The second, what the true rest of God is. What is the true rest of God is. What does it mean to be resting in God? What does it mean to depend upon God? Um, many of us have things in lives that we want to do, and we know we really would like to do it, but it may not be the time for it to take place, and we have to rely upon God. We have to have true rest in the confidence in God. Our, we have to have confidence in his ability in carrying us through and, and bringing things out for us. We only know God according to who he is to us. We don't know God if we have never experienced anything with him. Reading about God doesn't make you know God. Someone telling you about God doesn't make you really know God. You would know of him. But when you have that personal experience with him, then you are able to have the true rest of God. Oh. The, the true rest of God. You've you got to know it for, your, for yourself. Okay, and and thirdly, um, about Christians having fruit, okay, um, you need to have fruit in your life, a good character in your life, okay. Um, Christians that has fruit in their life produces good character, good lifestyle. People like to be around them. Have you ever known there are Christians around you that sometimes you just, oh, my God, if I could avoid that person, I would avoid that person. Person, tell the truth. It happens to yeah. us. Uh, uh, you know, you just won't avoid that person because of their lifestyle, the character there. And, and it's like you said, oh no, we we can't we can't do this. This is not happening. Mm-hmm. And so we we want to focus on that good character with fruits, um, the true rest of God, and the process that the Lord used in bringing us closer to Himself. So in saying that. We have two verses we'll do, and then we will cease. Okay, um, verse 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2. 
Okay. Um, then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? And now is not Boaz our kinsman, that whose maids you were? Behold, he winnows barleys, or he hasher barleys, or he thrasher barleys, whichever word you want to use, at the threshing floor tonight. Okay. Uh, Woo! This is it, guys. Okay. Here in this chapter, chapter 3 starts then um, um, with the next step in drawing closer to God. There is a process to get closer to God. There is a process to get closer to God. If you're hearing me, brothers and sisters, there's a process to get You said, I've heard many of you said, oh, no, I just want to get closer to God. There is a process to get closer to God. You don't get closer to God because you say you want to. There is a process. There are efforts to be made. For example, there's early Sunday morning prayer that you need to get up out of your bed and, and get on your face at the temple. That shows sacrifice. There's a process in getting closer to God. You may not see what's happening, um, but there is a process. You, you run, if, if I'm leaving Georgia to go to come to New York, I can't get to New York by sitting in my living room or sitting in my office saying I'm going to Georgia, I'm going to New York, I'm going to get there tomorrow and never move. The process is ensuring that my vehicle is, is properly serviced and that is roadworthy to, and then to ensure that I have sufficient um, um, resources to maintain the trip, okay, and then getting on the road and, and having adequate rest. That's process. And eventually, uh-huh. if something doesn't happen to the vehicle, we'll get there and on and on. So, so it is in your Christian life, okay? There is a process. There is a process in getting closer to God. Draw, what the Bible says, um, submit yourself, therefore, to God, okay? Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. So you got this process. This, 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 you don't just do it. And say, okay, I'm, 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 I'm closer to God. No. What process have you done? What journey have you taken? What sacrifice have you made? Have you labored in the spirit and on your faces? Okay. Have you spent quality time alone with God? Have you spent sufficient time in the Word of God? Have you been silent long enough to hear the voice of God speaking to you? What process? There is a process. Ruth, Ruth had to know. See, she, she, she had to know this because had not she known the provision of Boaz um, and, and had sought refuge um, someplace else, if her a, if a mother-in-law didn't shed it with her and she had um, sought refuge someplace else, then um, she would have missed the process. She would have missed a blessing. But because it was instructed, remember we talked in the second chapter about good instruction, because she had received good instruction, she had known now to 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 seek refuge um, under the wings of Boaz and and also under God Himself. We're talking about God under His wing, okay? Um, and so as a as a as a result, 
um, she gained from that. She was able to get into the depression floor, into the waiting room. Depression floor is where they gather all the grain and, and pile it up. She was able to get there. And that's like us going in to the depression floor. And the depression floor is always the lower part of the room, the lowest place. It's to the floor. It's where your face hits the ground, where you meet God and you stay in on a fresh and thorn. And you you're gathering up all the, the grains and all of the cares and all of your concerns and you heaping them up and you taking them to the feet of the, the Redeemer, the feet of Christ, and you laying them there so that he could trash them out and he could winnow them out and he could decide which is good for your life. He could he could give you options and and, and because now um, he is your redeemer. He knows what's good for you. He knows what's better for you. He knows what you should have in your life. Amen, somebody. Amen. So the, Amen. The, the, the question floor is the waiting room of God. Ruth went into the waiting room of God. Ruth went into the waiting room, and in that waiting room, um, she spent all night there. I really don't want to get in that yet, but I'm going to say that and we'll visit it again on Wednesday. She spent all night on the threshing floor. I don't know if it was cold on that floor. I don't know if it was winter or hot, but she spent all night, all night. But we do know before she went there, there was three things she had to do. Naomi said, you must wash yourself, okay? And the washing here is with the word of God. We wash ourselves with the word of God. And second, she said, you must anoint yourself. Okay, we must have the spirit of the Lord upon our life. And number three, put on your best apparel. Our best apparel is to clothe ourselves in righteousness, people. It's that to clothe ourselves in the righteousness of God. And that's what, 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 what that's that's our process to God. Let's let's wash ourselves. Let's anoint ourselves. Let's clothe ourselves in the righteousness of God. So when we get on the threshing floor, when we get before God, we empty ourselves. We are no longer with our own personal agenda, but we are now depending upon the Lord Jesus Christ to give us answer, to bring us out, to be our God. I heard someone made reference to Jehoshaphat earlier tonight. I was reading that just last night, and I spent some time in that. God really moved on his behalf and, and caused them to really win the battle. But if you notice in the latter verse, he joined himself with a wicked king. He joined himself with a wicked king, and God turned against him. You could just get a you could just get a blessing from God, and and see God is who He is, and God God isn't uh, uncompromised. He just got a blessing from God, win the war, and had a victory, and then he went and joined himself with a wicked king. Read the whole chapter, and God turned His back on him. Brothers and sisters, if God, if you're walking with God, if God Pour his anointing upon your life. Don't abuse it. Don't misuse it. Don't be in and out of the church. Don't embezzle the anointing of God. Don't be a flaky person. Don't be someone who's trying to please man. But don't don't join in with the wicked ones and with the evil ones. But know where your help comes from. Know who is your redeemer. Amen. Amen. Somebody. Amen. I am excited. I am just getting overwhelmed here. And we're just doing the in- introduction of this chapter, okay? Um, I am going to probably cease here, though. I want to. I don't want to go no farther. It's eight forty-five, and I don't want to overdo you. 
I want you to read that entire chapter, and I want you to look at, from, look at it from those three perspectives, okay, refining, rest, and what else? Rewards. Rewards, okay. Those three approaches, look at it from that, and then think about the process of um, drawing closer to God, what is the true rest of God, and fruit in your Christian life. I want you to read that chapter. Please read chapter 3. You can run whatever um, whatever um, research you want to do on it. It will do a blessing for us to have on Wednesday night and to study it and to get more out of it. Amen. Are there any questions? Are there any comments? One last comment. Okay. In the processing that's developing, and that's what many people don't want to, you know, when you're going through the processing, which is, mm. has to do with developing, bringing out the character. You've hit on that. And there's a lot of Christian, I say Christian, but um, there's a lot of people are not willing, son. They mm. got a good talk, but the proof is always in the pudding. When yeah, you don't right. submit to the Spirit of God, and God has has a calling for us to do something. If we're not committed to Him, we're going to depend on our flesh. Amen. And you know what? Just like you talk about prayer, like anything, if you yield, to, if we walk after the lust of our flesh, we're going to fulfill every desire that comes around. Yeah. And what it is, talking is one thing, but the proof is always in the pudding. If you don't mm. go through nothing, what you going to tell somebody else? If you've never been, never been without and God bless you with, how are you going to tell somebody else when you meet them? Mm-hmm. If you never had to cry, how are you going to tell somebody else that God is able to wipe the tears away? Mm-hmm. Even when your darkest night, faith mm-hmm. is important. And we got to have faith in our everyday walk with God. Amen. Because if we stay with him, the enemy is going to be trying us. Yes. But Naomi was determined. Ruth, rather, was determined. Naomi done showed me something. I'm going to stick with it. When My somebody God. else sees something in your life worthwhile having, they're going to follow you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And you're doing a good job. Amen. God bless Amen. you. Bless you, Bishop. Um, again, thank all of uh, you for joining us in our Bible study. And, again, this is an external ministry uh, for them. Faith Chapel's in Apostolic Ministry. And for those of you who joined us, the um, lady who just came in with us, we are one church um, presently in two locations. Our headquarters is in 1119 Joseph Avenue, Rochester, New York. Um, 14621 is the zip code up there. And our presiding bishop, Samuel White Jr., is the senior pastor up there. Um, the church phone number is Five eight five two seven zero forty eight sixty one. They have a variety of services that would um, benefit your soul, and you would be blessed. Call the church and find this part about the service time. Um, also, um, our second location is here in the Midville, Georgia area, and presently we are worshiping at three o four Murphy Street, Midville, Georgia three zero four four one. And you can call us at 478-206-2091. And 
And I did mention earlier about our upcoming gospel concert program that we have. It's um, the Robinson Grove Missionary Baptist Church um, is um, presenting a pre-Mother's Day program on behalf of our ministry and doing some fundraising for us, and we thank God for them. And that church location is Highway 56, right here in Midville, Georgia, Highway 56. And the pastor there is Pastor Nehemiah Dishman. Nehemiah Dishman. Um, this program would be um, um, May seventh. May seventh. That's the Saturday before Mother's Day, and it will be featuring our presiding bishop and the Faith Chapel um, praise and worship singers. Also featuring the gospel tones. Um, a, a mighty anointed group um, out of the Midville, Georgia area, and also the Resurrection Gospel Singers out of Millen, Georgia. Um, so we inviting you to be a part of this um, program, please, to help us, um, and we would appreciate it. Again, the date of that is Saturday, May 7, 2016, starts at 3 p.m. until... And the pastor there is Pastor Nehemiah Dishman. Again, we want to thank you, and God bless you for being a part of us. I really, really, really um, enjoying your attendance, and 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 um, the more you can be with us, the more um, God give us, and you can grow. And remember, please read chapter three. Read it. Read it. Make up questions from it. Come up with questions. Come up with ideas advance our study, invite, please invite someone from our churches. Um, there are many others who are in our ministries, whether it be here and others down here and whether up there in New York or down here or friends you may know. Give them the number how to call in and get online. You don't even have to preach or teach. Since you don't want to witness, just give them the phone number and how to get online or, or and the code, what to dial in and let them know. 7:30 every Monday and Wednesday, and try to remind them of it. You go to you go to Bible study on Tuesday night. Say someone will sit next to you in church. Amen. Let them know about Wednesday night. Okay, um, Sunday morning. Tell them about Monday, for Monday evening. And so we build up our Bible study, and you helping people. Again, God bless you. We love you, and love may you the too. peace of the Lord dwell upon you. Look forward to seeing you guys on Wednesday night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.